Did Bob Lazar really work on reverse engineering alien spacecraft at the infamous S-4 facility? Or is his story a complex web of truths, half-truths, and outright fiction? In this episode, we'll sift through the layers of mystery surrounding Lazar's allegations, exploring the tantalizing evidence, and the persistent questions that continue to captivate both believers and skeptics alike. Tonight on Newsworthy, two words and two question marks. Scoured the podcast world and finally found us. Newsworthy with Steve and Jerry, where we delve into all things mysterious, macabre, or out of this world and decide if they are truly newsworthy. Two words and two question marks. Why should you work with Ed Locke? A better question is, why wouldn't you work with him? He is a proud to support an amazing lender, USA Mortgage. When you work with them, you can expect a home financing experience that is free of hassles and headaches. They have complete control over your loan due to in-house operations such as processing, underwriting, closing, and funding. USA Mortgage represents a lot of fantastic things but they are especially thrilled to partner in several community outreach programs, including Habitat for Humanity, Home Sweet Home, Veterans Community Project, and many, many more. They love going to work every day, which means they love working for you. Ed wants to be your lender for life, so reach out to him today and get the journey started. If you would like more information, please reach out to Edlock at area code 502 NMLS 448-908, USA Mortgage NMLS 227-262. USA Mortgage is an equal housing lender. This is not a commitment to lend. Additional terms and conditions may apply. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Really? Just start? That's what we got to start. Hello, everyone. Jerry. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yes, indeed. Woo. Absolutely. Happy New Year. Guys. Has, it, has anybody had to write 2024 on anything yet? Do what? I? I have not. No. You know, we don't have right. No, Jerry, you just can't put your phone that close to the microphone. Oh. It'll, it'll come. Back. I can't hear it, but it'll come through on the audio. Gotcha. I've I've been struggling today at work trying to like sign off on things. Really? I haven't had twenty four. Well, I've been off, so I haven't I haven't worked since middle of friggin'. I would have liked to go to work today. Yeah. <laughs> Just about done though. Hopefully, go back Friday. So good, um, good to hear. Yeah. You Get guys have a good tube New Year tomorrow, and good to go. Yeah. Yeah, it was a nice quiet New Year. We. A lot of my kids were sick, so we we ended up just staying at home. Actually, this is the first time we just hung out for several New Year's, so it was, it was kind of nice. Watch some videos. 
Patreon, you will never know what that means. <laughs> oh yes, we stayed at home. Saying, what else is there to do, right? <laughs> Kids went to bed early. I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Woo, what a start to a show. What a start to a new year. I have no idea what these guys are laughing so hysterically about. <laughs> Me apparently either. there's I an inside joke and I'm just not apparently. in on it. Patreon, you couldn't pay enough to know what that meant. So. <laughs> this is Jerry, Patreon. Yes, you can. <laughs> we may not be cheap, but there is an amount. <laughs> Yeah, so Mr. Trump, if you're listening, if you want to know, just keep writing zeros until we get there. It'll all be good. <laughs> oh right, I don't know where front. to put it. It's right there. Now it's close to that. It's yeah, but that's it, trust me. Yeah, it's we're trying to figure out where to Jerry put can put his phone without getting feedback from one of the speakers. Yeah, these are a lot more sensitive than this one. Gotcha. Yeah. So, anywho, I see. <laughs> Great start. Great start to a great show, man. Steve, how was your New Year's? Uh, it was good. I, I did what I do every New Year's. I go to Tennessee, spend New Year's in Tennessee, the and, and at the in-laws, and it's a great opportunity to unplug. I have very limited service there. Um, no videos for you. That no sucks. videos for me. It's out in the country. I get to, you know, uh, took the dog for a walk in the woods. It was that was the. Uh, Get to see family. Which dog do you bring? Ramona. So you, you don't bring the other dogs? <laughs> Skeddy uh, does not like a leash. It scares her to death. She's really? a good travel dog. She'd be fine. She just... Just not on a leash. We have to... It's such a distance, we have to stop midways and uh, too many roads. So. Yeah. No, as soon as we get her leash trained, then she'll be able to go with us. Um, Which is probably going to be... What about over. Sunny? Sunny not? Sunny travels well, but we just... He's fine either way, so we leave him home with, to help keep her nerves right. Does, does somebody watch the dogs when you're? Yeah, yeah. Our next door neighbors. Thank you, Bernie and Miss Donna. We appreciate you. Mm. Good oh, people. That's awesome. Yeah. Great people. Speaking of great people, um, real quick, everybody who follows our show knows that the struggle I've been going through the last several months. Hopefully, we're coming to a the light at the end of the proverbial tunnel with that. Um, it, we have a huge following down in Georgia and Georgia people, we love you. We appreciate you being with us every week. We appreciate you listening. Um, you guys have an absolute gem up in North, uh, Northwestern Georgia and Trenton, uh, and real close friend of mine is, uh, dealing with some of the things that I've been going through. Hers are a little more serious than what I've been going through. Uh, they have a huge fundraiser in Trenton, Georgia, February 4th. It's called Sha- Saving Shayla. Uh, there's going to be a car show. There's, um, I got it all written down here. From 10 to 3, February 3rd, there'll be a car show, food trucks, live entertainment, cornhole, raffles, arts, vendors, um, all benef- all proceeds will benefit uh, Shayla. She's going to, unfortunately, has to take a lot of time off work and start chemotherapy and radiation. And um, Got a very young child. Got a 17-year-old and a, and a very young child. She's a very young person. 
so we want to just, if you're in that area, southern Tennessee, northern Georgia, northern Alabama, go over there on February 3rd. I'm probably going to make an appearance myself. So um, be glad to see you guys down there. Pick up a T-shirt, pick up a, a cake, whatever you want to do. Just uh, try to help that situation out because those are great people and they really, really could use a hand. So just want to throw that out there. Cancer sucks. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think you said you're going to put a link on the... Uh, we'll put a link to it. it. There's a there's a GoFundMe set up. There's, there's you know, opportunity to buy T-shirts and stuff online. Don't even have to go. Shirts are like 20 bucks. Really cool. Uh, help out if you can. If you can't, just share. You know, whatever. Just get the word out. Absolutely. So, appreciate you. And uh, so tonight we're talking about a really cool, really divisive issue. Very cool. And it is, it's all about people who call my phone. I answer. They sneeze. And then they hang up. I don't know about you all, but I am sick to death of these <laughs> cold calls. Oh, I'm telling you. Yeah, that gets to everyone, doesn't it? <laughs> Should have been one of your resolutions to quit answering those. <laughs> or to have better dad jokes. I don't know. Either one. Either one was about. Did I tell you guys about my new cooking class? Oh, no, you didn't. Earlier, by the way, I digress. I'd said that I don't do New Year's resolutions. I did one. Oh, oh yeah? Cooking class, yeah. I've always liked to cook and signed up for one. I actually brought a spoon to my cooking class last night. Oh, yeah? Caused quite a stir. (laughs) I'm just saying. (laughs) Just saying. That was a rough one, man. Wow, I love it. So, back in seventh grade, my dad took me to San Diego. And we went to San Diego City, obviously. (laughs) So I was actually able to pet a koala bear. Really? Did you all know that koalas aren't bears? Really? Did not. They just don't meet the qualifications. (laughs) Oh, jeez. I I like it. You know, along that same line, man, I used to date uh, a lady who worked at the zoo. Really? Yeah. Yeah, she was a real keeper. Man, two, two in one Woo! episode. Man. Two in one episode. Oh, you set me up for that. I was... knock it out. Sorry. No, the real divisive thing we're going to talk about tonight is how sexy Jerry is. No, no. That's divisive? Yeah, nobody agrees <laughs> with that. Long. Only person that agrees with that is Jerry. Well, there's two schools of thought. There are those that agree that I'm quite sexy. Those are the ones with eyesight. Then there are the ones. <laughs> So, I mean, that's not very divisive, you got to admit. Oh, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> Idiot. We'll we're, find out next week. <laughs> we're talking about tonight probably one of the most divisive whistleblowers that have ever existed. It's, it's got to be the most. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine. Really. I would agree. Probably not has really. to be. What? Not really. Really? Oh, absolutely. It's not that divisive. Well, I... I most was... UFOologists don't believe this guy. That's what? not true. The vast majority oh, he's been denounced. <laughs> we're tonight we're talking about Bob Lazar. Lazar. The Bob Lazar. The Bob Lazar. The one who Ah uh, no, not no, rarely no. known to speak the truth. That oh Bob my Lazar. goodness. Uh, the Bob guy. Lazar They're who convinced 
without even trying, who passed four polygraph tests. Oh, yeah. Not only that, convinced a investigative investigative journalist. A, a decorated investigative. I mean, he's not just any investigative to, journalist. To, to not only just do what Great he did for a living, but to change his whole lifestyle. I'm just saying. Who? Change your lifestyle? We're going to get into it. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into it. You're going to need to because I didn't read about any of that. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't read that. Or that. You made a mistake. Sometimes you have to pull off a Wikipedia. (laughs) Sometimes you have to pull off a Wikipedia? (laughs) Just messing with you, Jerry. (laughs) They're trying to cover up the fact that they have no sources other than a couple of palm readers. No, sir. No, palm so readers. Of palm oh readers. my goodness! <laughs> they only found two of the palm readers that uh, agreed with them on this. Oh uh, uh, say. Oh man! So as you can already tell, the sides of the 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 the, the sides are drawn. And the, I, the I, I will, drawn I will the tell same. the audience before we get into this. On the way here, I was. He had a moment of clarity. Where I was say. more on Jerry's side, <laughs> and and then I watched. Another video which I will talk about, and it it switched me. I I, I can't because I, I, I was more I was lean, I was kind of sixty forty, forty your side, sixty I believe Bob was on the I right can't side. Wait to hear how reputable and the academic credentials from the guy who put out the video that convinced you. Not I can't wait. I can't wait. To, is black and white. I can't oh. wait to tell Sometimes you the credentials. Sometimes you have to see shades of gray. I can't You're wait right. to tell you the credentials. So says yeah. the two palm readers. <laughs> 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 both of them, not one. Both of them agrees with that. Man, it's it's. Do you realize now what I've had to deal with the last thirty years? <laughs> you've facts, only been doing. Logic. You've only been doing this a short little time. I've been dealing with this kind of argument for thirty years at this point, and you've yet to win one. So why would you keep uh, trying? Because That's the question, I win more than I lose, okay. and some people just can't realize and see logic. <sighs> logic. <laughs> <laughs> I broke Jerry. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. What a sh- what a way to start the year. What a Bob way. Lazar, this we got a good is. show. First Mr. show Bob of the Lazar. year. This is a great show. I I think I, like I said, this is one that I kind of teetered on. So, for those of you who don't know, Bob Lazar is an American conspiracy theorist claiming to have been a defense contractor and a physicist at Nellis Air Force Base Complex, which is said to contain Area 51. So, May 15, 1989, uh, KLAS-TV 5 p.m. newscast aired an interview where Lazar claimed to have helped reverse engineer alien aircraft for the U.S. military. Near Area 51 uh, at a place called S, uh, S4. A real place, by the way. The, a real place. Un- Unfortunately. According to Bob Lazar. Uh, According to else? everyone uh, else no who one. knows anything about no the one. area. <laughs> the story was broke by George Knapp, who is a respected television investigative journalist and news anchor in Las Vegas. Uh, obviously, he's not doing that anymore. He's retired, but... Knapp has been recognized with five regional and two national awards. It is a nine-time winner of the Associated Press Mark Twain Award for Best News Writing and was selected by United Press International as Best in the Nation for Individual Achievement by a Journalist. So, Very nice. This, this is the dude that broke the news story of Bob Lazar. 
He was the one that interviewed me for the original. He was the several. He was yeah. He was he was who started it all. He gave Bob Lazar his first interview, Back when his he second interview, his. his third interview. I mean, he, he did several interviews. He did he investigated heavily into Bob Lazar's story, which we are going to talk about. So, Nick, you got something? No, I was just going to say. He was one of the first. Now, there's been several since. Right. He right. wasn't one of the first. He was the first. He yeah, was the no, no. first, yeah. And, and there's been several since that that really, really put Lazar through the paces. So we'll get to those later, too. Right. Um, so in this investigation, so I, I obviously already knew Bob Lazar. I knew about him. So I, I kind of posed four questions for this, this research. So the first one was, was Bob Lazar what he claimed to be, which was a physicist? All right. So some people in this group do not agree that he was actually a physicist. So I'm going to give some evidence as to why I think he was. So his claim is to have received... Well, cover your four questions, and then we'll come back. So Okay, so my first one is, was Bob Lazar a physicist? My second one was, did he actually work at S4? So... We have to believe that he was a physicist to believe that he worked at S4. This third is, did the government actually wipe his information as he claims? And then what does he have to gain from this whole process? What does he have to gain from coming out and being this whistleblower? So I'm going to go through all four of these questions and give evidence as to why I think that Bob Lazar is actually telling the truth. So... Was Bob Lazar a physicist? So he claims to have received a bachelor's in physics and electronic technology from Pacifica University. I'm not and, familiar with that. Can you expound on that a little bit? Yes. No. So this was this was this. So I'm just gonna say the sticking point for the Bob Lazar story, without dispute, is is his education. So he claims in a in a in a uh, in a lawsuit case. This is what he claimed. He claimed he got a bachelor's in physics and electronic technology from Pacifica University. He then claims to have received a master's of science in physics from MIT and a master's in science in electronic technology from Caltech. So, right off the bat, he mentions two of the most prominent universities in the world as far as MIT and Caltech. These, These are the two biggest engineering physics Science. Hardest to get into. Colleges. Most renowned. Right. There's no question that these are the two best universities, arguably, in the world. So, that is, his, that is his claim. And that is the biggest sticking point to people because, as we'll get into a little bit later, there is no evidence for him at being any of these universities. Any of them. Um... So one thing that I think adds to his claim that he was a physicist was he took George Knapp to Los Alamos Research Facility with a camera crew. Um, George Knapp talked about how people were late waving to him. He was able to show them the lab. Um, George said he had clearly worked there while there apparently was no record of him ever being there. So there's no record. No, there is a record. What the W two as you mentioned, but that had no, not no, come no. out. That wasn't Los Alamos. That was for S four. Oh, really? That was okay. his work on Area fifty one. He did work there. There is proof that he did work at Los Alamos for his security. That was I mean, and, that's, that and I, I, I definitely had that question. I'm not, I'm not 
disagreeing with you on that. I definitely have that question. So, so this was the first piece of evidence that I saw that was like, okay, he obviously worked there at Los Alamos. He, no he question, did. he worked he there at Los Alamos. So the second piece of evidence that I'm going to talk about is the newspaper article um, from July 30th, 1982. The Santa Fe New Mexican put out an article about Bob Lazar. He was, they were basically reporting on his car that was modified with a modified with a jet engine. In the article, it says that he is a physicist with the Los Alamos physics facility. So, in that article, they claim that he was a physicist at Los Alamos. Did they claim, or did he tell them, and they simply well, repeated and what he said? That's definitely an argument point, right? So, this is another another piece of evidence uh, that I think works in his, in his favor. Obviously, he could have told them anything, and whether they checked his his claim, I don't know. Um, the third thing I thought was really important was he is currently the owner of a United of United Nuclear Scientific Equipment and Supplies. So this is a technological company that I would think you would have to have some sort of technical knowledge to run and to start up. Um, so this is another thing that I. If, if you don't even think that he's a physicist, he's obviously well-educated, at the very least. He's and extremely well bright. He's well-educated. listen to him. He's extremely very Extremely smart. The, the last thing I'm going to talk about is, is something that George Knapp... Is something that George Knapp had talked about. So he told a story uh, with Joe Rogan. He was, on a, he was on a podcast with Joe Rogan. He told a story about, during COVID... Um, you know, he had heard about, you know, oh, COVID is transported, you know, through touch on like, you know, it could be on your cereal box, at, you know. So he was he was looking into, buy, he was talking to Bob, who he considers a friend. You know, they're friends now. It's not just like, oh, well, I'm using Bob to, you know, push this story so I can make some money. He, you know, they're actually friends. So he talked to, to Bob about getting a, a UV scanner to disinfect the objects that, you know, he was buying and things like that. And Bob was like, oh, well, you don't need to do that. I can make one with the parts I have in my garage. And he did it. And he gave it to George. And he was like, man, he just, like, come up with this this UV scanner just out of the out of the. I, Does so that he, sound more like a... I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying that this adds to the fact that he's a physicist. But I'm, I'm saying that this is... He's obviously very intelligent, very well no educated. Doubt. Right. No and and I don't think anybody's going to question that. Right. So... Was Bob Lazar a physicist? I think yes. So I'm going to check that box. I, I think that Jerry's probably going to not check that box, but we'll get into to his side here in a second. So the second question, I, I, I kind well, of... Can I ask one question? Yeah, 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 you go ahead. Just for further clarification, where do you think he got his degree in physics from? Yeah, so, and this is, this is the thing that was a sticking point for me. So Pacifica University... I think it was in 1982. I, I didn't actually write this down, but I think it was in 1982 they came out, and basically they were shut down because they were essentially giving out degrees, diploma mill. Right. It, it, yeah. It was just like if you pay the money, you're going to get your degree. So that being said, he was obviously educated somewhere. I, you could say that in Pacific University was. A bogus degree, and and and, it, and it, it since it was shut down in 1989 or 19 I can't remember when his his uh his hearing took place, but he, it, there's no way to prove that he actually went there because 
there's no uh, there's no evidence of that university. Uh, they don't have any of the records. I just want to say that if I were a whistleblower and I'm the government and I don't want people to recognize this person as a whistleblower. I had that exact same thought. I could probably, knowing the vast amount of resources I have in my toolbox, could probably make that person's history disappear. Exact same thought. And I will 100% get to that. So, I, I agree. Can I add one thing? Can I add a question to that? Sure, absolutely. Could you make every professor that he ever took disappear from his memory? Could you make the fact that there's zero students that ever went to either school that says that they attended either school with him so, disappear? So... I will, I will counter that as anybody he names is going to be approached by the government. So if, so if, you believe, if you believe Bar, that's a problem one. If you believe Bob Lazar's story, then anybody he sure, claims because, because they want to shut it down. They want to shut down that he ever Why went. Why would it be a problem if you are a teacher and you happen to have this guy in class? Why is that a problem? Because you're giving this guy credibility after the government just wiped his record. So every so you're saying so you're so if the professor comes out and says, "Yeah, I had this dude in class," well, you're you're literally saying, "Oh well, the government definitely wiped his information." I would I would I would argue the point, Jerry, that it would be, and I'll cede your point to the students. Okay, I get that, but from and a professor. Pers- the professor's a lot easier for the government to control than the, the student is. And the professor is easier to control from the aspect of, oh, so you don't want any more government funding. There's only one. I will go a that step make, further. That, make, that, goes a, that goes away. First of all, no one in the FBI or CIA can even use that as a threat, Okay. No one in the no FBI one's ever used no money one in as a the threat FBI from the, the federal CIA government has ever been able to go to an MIT where the majority of the scientists who work for the government come from where MIT and say <laughs> we're going to take away your funding. By the way, they weren't able to do it for every school. They found a couple of his professors. Do you know where they where they were at? Mm. Pierce Junior College. Okay, we know he went there, and he's named professors from there. Oh, he said that they were MIT professors. It turns out they weren't. They were professors at Pierce Junior College. But those professors do remember him. I guess they didn't get the same so memo I, you're talking about. I will say, so junior college is very different than like a state school where I would say, so I went to UK for mechanical engineering. I have a degree there. I can show a picture of my diploma. I would bet that none of my professors remember me. Not a single one. Not a single Ever. One. And I graduated with honors. It's not like I was a bad student. Really? I would guarantee that none of my professors remember me. Let me ask you this. Do you remember the names of any of your professors? I do, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Guess what? This intelligent, super bright guy years. that you're talking about? So I will get into that. Steve, I went to school. I went to my freshman year at UK <laughs> in 1983. I had English. I had history. I had uh, calculus. I had chemistry. Ask me for one of the professor's names. Any of those. Uh, Fred Flintstone would probably be one of them. <laughs> I didn't say Fred Flintstone. It was a <laughs> class that I took. Oh. Usha Balasubmarania was my calculus professor. That used to remember. I don't, I don't remember my first Godam Sinha was my Fortran professor. Dr. Ireland taught U.S. history up to 1851. Dr. Chin was my English teacher. The only one I Dr. remember Chin. is my English professor. See, I don't that remember. Was that was 40 years ago. This guy who's far smarter than me can't name one 
professor. I will say, so I graduated in 2019. I would say I can't name a one of my calculus professors. Ever? Not one. If you had one named Usha Balasu Marania, that I mean, if you six weeks to turn out. If you told me their names, if you told me their names, I I could probably point them out. But that was five years ago. I could not tell you one one professor. Only I, one I, I remember just, is Mr. Savchuk, and that's only because he. Did you guys get a little bit I, off track? For this to be one of the most intelligent people in the world, he can't. There's name a difference between intelligent students. and having a, remem- a memory. He can't name I'm one student. Saying. He can't name his best friend. That he partied with. So, are and, you serious? And, and we go we go into the same thing of like, no matter who he names, they're going to have a target on their back, right? No, no matter who it is, that can be your excuse for anything in the world. Well, I mean, no, one hundred percent lying because it, the government. One hundred percent, it could be a, like, but either way you go, look. At I that. mean, Edward Snowden didn't use an alias, and look where he's spent the last 15, ten years, but right? Ten, five, ten years. In it's Russia, he was a whistleblower. It's probably ten, yeah. So that's what happens to whistleblowers. <laughs> Why didn't they do something with this? Guy? All right, so we're going to get into that. Hold on. All right, okay. so we got there sorry, yet. Did, did mean the, to get ahead. The next question is: Did he work at S four? So S- first of all, is there an S four? What is S four? According to who? The S four was a portion of what we think of as Area fifty one. Right. It's about eight miles south, according to him. Eight to ten miles south of so, fifty-one. All right. So a couple things that he that he he is known or claimed to know that has, in my opinion, come out and it's it's now fact. So he had a knowledge of element one fifteen. Jerry had talked about. Well, we didn't know that there was an element with one hundred and fifteen protons at that point. But he could have easily been like, oh, well, we're eventually going to find that. So, But he did come out and say that there was some sort of element with 115 protons. Let me clarify that further for you. Even he did come out and say Area 115. And Jerry, prior to coming live, had said, well, I can say that there's going to be a, a 120. 120. And at some point, you're probably going to be accurate. Oh, However, good. listen... Jeremy Cobell, who just did right, the his, Bob Lazar, the new Bob Lazar Netflix, right, yeah. said, and even at the very, very beginning of all this, back 30 years ago, that Bob Lazar said that there's going to come a time that we'll be able to simulate and hopefully synthesize, synthesize and utilize this particular isotope. We just don't have it today. Right. So, just so you know, I mean, it wasn't a blanket statement like, hey, it's never going to be there. It he was actually just said that. it was impossible to make on Earth, is what he said. With the given technology that they had at well, the time. Was assuming, right, yes. right. And we, we, don't, we still have not found a stable isotope of Correct. 115. It, it degrades into 113 very rapidly. Yeah, it's, it's very radioactive. It, it decays just very, a very quickly. Of a second. Very quickly. So, I, it, first of all, and not, and we won't get into the weeds here with that because physics can be very in the weeds and very non-podcast friendly. Yeah, real quick. But if you want to take 20 minutes and completely mind-screw yourself, read about how all that works. Like 115 is stable but degrades fast into 113 that's as 
crazy unstable because it's it makes more sense. It it blows your mind. It's a weird thing to read, but tr- check it out. And it's not easy to find a stable isotope. No, it, it well, it's crazy to like even this. understand. Right? It's and it's not. It's not like is oh, well, we're just going to add a neutron to this thing and, and, and it'll be all right. This this like, thing this this isotope one fifteen that you're talking about is is basically a super heavy. It's something no. that's ridiculously heavy, but. I didn't mean to cut off. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did want to make sure that it was noted that Bob said that at some point we'll probably be able to synthesize that. Right, which we have, right, but, but not no, no. stable. Oh, yeah, yes. Right, we, have, synth- we, we, we have, have discovered an element 115. You, you know, know it many, wasn't like he just said, oh, there it is, and we we'll never be able to do it. Of element 115. Yeah. Since what? Two, uh, what was the... 2003, I think. 2003, it was a that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Scientist. It was a Russian and Dubra... It was whatever their super collider is in Russia. But go ahead. Sorry, Brett. No, no, no. You, no I didn't mean that's to... Import- no, that's, that's good I just think it's important to, that he did say yeah. at some point we would be able to synthesize it, hopefully, and utilize it. Right. But at the time, we could not, and we still, and we still can't utilize it. Obviously, but right. we have discovered it at this point. So, so something that they they were like, oh well, this element doesn't even exist at this point. Like they were, this was a point of contention when he mentioned this. Um, so again, found the videotape, I see. <laughs> well, I was going to send you this. <laughs> Please you don't. Need it. <laughs> so. <laughs> The second thing, so he he claims to have seen aliens. So his whole thing with at working at S four, which is a branch of Barrier Fifty One, he claims to have seen alien spacecraft. He claims to have worked on reverse engineering an antimatter reactor. That was the biggest thing he worked on. Um, he has drawn pictures and diagrams of the pa- spacecraft that he had worked on, as well as giving description of the grav- gravity propelled system. So. One thing that I found in my research was this, the system described was very much like some of the UFO footage that was leaked recently. So um, the Tic Tac video was one of them. Uh, Zara said that it had reminded him of a sport mode, which was his name for a craft that he had seen take flight. The other one was the the gimbal video. Um, Steve, I don't, do you want to talk about that one? Well... Bob Bob had often said, and, and the one thing that and I'm sure you're going to cover, and Jerry will even attest to, I hope, is that Bob's story hasn't changed. It's remained very it's consistent. It's been very consistent from the beginning. And one of the things he said about the sport mode, there was nine, according, and I'm using air quotes, craft that he saw. He only had the opportunity to work on one. He was actually walked past one and touched it and got in trouble for touching it. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, is what he said. But the one that he was working on reverse engineering, and it even he even said it had looked like somebody had already been working on it for, for years yeah. and hadn't by the time he got to it. But the one that he called sport mode, the way that it would operate and the way that it looked like by the way it was designed was that if it wanted to go a particular way, it would turn up and point its belly toward the way it wanted to go and would fly belly first, which is exactly how the, 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 the craft in the gimbal, uh, 
videos from the Atlantic coast from our naval command on the Atlantic coast saw. Now, these are Navy recorded right. videos. Which, that came out, what, 2017, 2018? Uh, 2015, I think. 20, yeah, so... It, um, and it shows these craft rotating to exactly the the angles that Bob said that they would go. So it was just something that further coordinated what Bob Lazar was saying. Right. So, again, he, he claimed to have worked on this aircraft. The propulsion described of this aircraft is exactly with some of the stuff that we've seen that we can't describe. Um, so that's another thing. Is It's like, it seems... Like, he, he must have known something. Um, so, one thing that I actually... I'm, this is against Bob Lazar. So, he, he claimed in uh, his Joe Rogan interview that he was one of the first to be like, gravity is a wave. Um, and he, he was apparent, he apparently had said that in an interview with George Knapp in 1989. So, I actually... After that podcast with Joe Rogan, it seemed like he was the one who had first come up with that or or at least was one of the first but that was that was actually something that had been theorized by albert einstein back in 1970 or by, back in 19 uh i think 14 1918 something like that and we found evidence for it um in 1974 so this was something that would have been before his time but again i just wanted to make that claim because i think i actually had talked about this in a previous podcast so that is a point Jerry's side, which is Balthazar might be not be saying the full truth, but one one other thing he talked about, which I think Jerry kind of agrees with me, he talked about a bone scanner that scanned the bones in his hand to identify who he was. So this was something that he had talked about that everybody was like, "Oh, that's science fiction," but basically it was a scanner that that measured the density, the density, of, well, the density and the length of his bones in his hand, and it would give him his ID card. Um, so when he came out about this, it, it was all science fiction. Everybody kind of discredited him, but it's since come out that that is actually something that was used. It's not used anymore, but it was used uh, on high class or uh, uh, highly classified projects. Um, I don't, do you want to say anything more? About no, I that? totally agree. Yeah. It's one of those things where with all the problems with his story, the guy still knew stuff he shouldn't have known. The guy still had been to places that it's hard to explain. So, and this is one of those. This is one of the big ones. The bone density scanner that was used, that at the, like you said at the time was relatively unknown. And he was saying, "Hey, this is the way that we had to authenticate. This is our, the security system they had." And it turns out that many highly secure military installations at the time was using this exact system. So another thing uh, that I found in my research was so, and it was actually something that came out pretty recently. So he said that he witnessed U.S. government briefing documents which described alien involvement in human affairs over the last ten thousand years. Um, so this was taken from an article from GB News back in December of twenty twenty-three. So a whistleblower uh, named David Grush, uh, he said under oath that Benito Mussolini's. Uh, government recorded a non-human aircraft in 1933. So Benito Mussolini was an Italian dictator back in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. Um, so he said that he recorded a non-human aircraft back in the 1930s. So this is something that America would have probably been aware of at, you know, at the time of 1970s, 1980s. Um, and so again, this is another thing. He's, 
He's saying that we've known about alien involvement in human affairs for a significant amount of time. And this this coming out recently, back this year, really, or this past year, um, I think it adds to his claim. So not, not only that, you know, right, Area 51 in and of itself wasn't even a thing. Right, what did he say? Was he killing? put it on the map. He put it on the map, but... Lockheed Martin actually convinced the United States to make this a base, all to help develop the U-2. They needed a place to test and develop and flight test. I thought this went back before the U-2. They had a small Air Force base at at this facility, but by the time that they were looking to develop the U-2, this was at the very end of World War II. It was the very beginning, and the Cold War was heating up. We didn't have a place that we could develop the spy plane necessary to be able to go to Russia because we were scared of all of our regulars. We, the Skunk Works, and I forget the guy's name. He's he's considered a genius. You know, he was one of their aerial. He's the guy who created the YouTube. Um, convinced the United States that they needed to purchase this this particular airfield in the middle of nowhere. They actually. Right as they were building Area 51, just to show you how crazy this place was, it's downfield of the nuclear test facility. They had to stop building Area 51 so that a a radioactive cloud could pass by and then go back to rebuilding it. It's been used as a nuclear testing site more so than any other. Oh, absolutely. It's not just Area 51. What's that? That whole area is a grid. What's it known as? There's a name for the whole place. Uh, well, oh, uh, uh, Nevada. Nevada <laughs> testing range. It's Nevada the Nevada testing range, testing. I think. Yeah. It is. Uh, and but, yes, majority of our nuclear tests are done there. Right. But the whole the whole point of that was up until this point, up until we, we had the U-2, this was a very small facility, and it has grown exponentially, exponentially in... And that's why, you know, I, I sent you the video for S4. S4 is actually built into the mountainside. It's not a separate building. It right. is it is a system of right. caves built in that's the mountainside. Where did you send uh, it uh, to your email. Okay. But um, and, and it's hidden inside the mountain. That's why it's a little bit away from actual Area 51. Right. Uh, but anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're, you're, you're good. It's just up until that point. All of this stuff, all these materials that we would gather, all this extraterrestrial stuff, anything that they didn't know what, it went right up the road. Right. It was at Wright Pat Air Force Base in in Dayton, Ohio. We talked about that a few weeks ago, talking about Area 51. Yeah. So I just wanted to clarify that. But go ahead, Brett. Sorry. So another thing uh, that Lazar knew that didn't come out too much later. So Lazar claimed that there was two bases within Area 51. So the main one was next to Groom Lake, which was known at the time. The second one he mentioned was underneath Papoose Lake, which uh, with hangars containing reverse-engineered spacecraft. So this base was not known to exist in 1989, which is when he did the interview. Which base? Uh, the, there was a base one? underneath Papoose Lake. The S-4? I'm not Papoose sure. S four base is yes. under. It's under the Papoose Mountains. Yeah. So as far as where. But actually, located. even the other one hadn't, as Steve mentioned. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't acknowledged by the government. Right. That was wasn't like 2003, 2005, something, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, 
So the existence of this base was confirmed a few years later by independent researchers. So again, this is another thing of like, he knew that this base was there. But again, if you're talking about S4, we, that has not been confirmed to till day. So there, there's definitely a base under Papoose Lake. There is, that has not been confirmed. That has been confirmed. Show me one thing and I'll say I've, you're right on everything. I, I'll try. I'll well, look. I'll look in, in 20 years, when it's, when it's, in 20 years, when it's acknowledged from the federal government, we'll come back and well, say, this show been, me one. This has been confirmed. We'll, we'll come to the nursing home and say, Jerry, <laughs> here it is. Here's your proof. Trust me. It'll be <laughs> my grandkids, grandkids <laughs> of the nursing home before so, you come up with proof well, of this. <laughs> yeah. So this was confirmed by independent researchers. I, I don't have those sources offhand. Also, just for the record, <laughs> I just want to point out that most people that know anything about knowing anything believe that Area 51 is now a, a regular operating military base. And most of the stuff that Bob Lazar worked on at S4 and all of that has all been moved to the Cheyenne Mountain Complex over in Colorado. What do you Springs. mean by regular operating? It's not one of the most oh, absolutely, secret, yeah. absolutely. But but the the extraterrestrial UFO stuff, stuff been has moved been away. moved to the Colorado gotcha. Springs at Cheyenne Mountain Complex. But anyway, the, the, let me guess: those same people that confirmed that's what course, they say. They say okay. That's what they say. Got so uh, another thing. That I think is it, it adds. I'm not saying this is the definitive. Okay, he's telling the truth. But George Knapp, when he was vetting this guy, you know, he was a reputable. Whether you, I mean, whether you like Bob Lazar or not, you can't deny that George Knapp was a reputable investigative journalist. He was. He's obviously very decorated. He was at a very uh, good, well-respected news agency. So he made him take four lie detector tests when he approached him with the story. So and by four different agencies, four different right. independent agencies. So he, this guy, so George Knapp, and and honestly, like I, I mentioned before, I, when I was coming over here, I was like, man, I, I'm kind of on the fence about this. Maybe leaning towards, uh, towards the fact that he might be lying about some of this. I, I actually listened to an interview that he did on Joe Rogan, and I was like, okay, now I'm starting to see. So you're not getting just one story of like, oh, well, Bob Lazar's just telling a bunch of lies. Well, George Knapp's telling his side of the story, which Bob Lazar never even mentions. And it's like, oh, wow, we're getting a whole other layer of this. Well, I think that part of it is that Bob, Mr. Lazar, is very deadpan about it all. Right. You, I don't feel in any way, shape, form, or fashion when I hear Bob Lazar talk about the things that he worked on or he experienced that there's any hyperbole in it. Yeah. It doesn't appeal to me in any direction. I'm pretty good at it. I have a pretty good bullshit meter. Well, and, and that's what says the guy that believes more so, conspiracy theories than so anyone I like met conspiracy in my theories. Life. So it doesn't necessarily mean that I believe them all because I like to read about them. I, I like so to learn believe about in them. more. Joe Rogan conspiracy theories than anyone I've ever. Joe met. Rogan, who has done what two thousand podcasts at this point, oh, interviewing two thousand different people. He, he absolutely he, thought this was a load of crock before he, he talked brought about Bob Lazar on. He was like, because Lex Friedman had him on. Yeah. He was like, hey, how, so how can you give Bob Lazar your time but not Donald Trump? That's what his question was. And 
Joe Rogan was like, I just wanted to see if this dude is full of bullshit. Yeah. He was like, I didn't think he was. Like, No, he... he I mean... In, Bob, in Joe Rogan... This is a dude I, that... I is actually like, listen to this podcast, and he's... He will, he will tell everybody, before Bob Lazar was on my broadcast, I thought he was full of crap, and I had... I was probably... Uh, I think he says 70, 30, 30%, maybe there's extraterrestrial 70%. That's all a bunch of hokey yeah. crap. And I am firmly convinced that I'm the other way now is what he says. Right. And he, he told Joe Rogan stuff off air that we'll, we'll get into, but so I get, so the next question I want to get into, so, so I don't know which one I should do first. So what, what does he have to gain from this? That's, that's another question. And we'll kind of get into the, did the government actually cover this up? So, so he he will say currently he said on Joe Rogan uh, that coming forward had ruined his life and he regrets it. So he regrets coming forward. Like uh, in a Joe Rogan interview, he wasn't even wanting to do the interview for fear of what would come after it. He he talked about how uh, a bunch of conspiracy theorists had like camped out on his yard and was like you know just harassing him. You know, saying, "Oh, you know, I'm I believe in aliens. Like I had this experience, or I had that experience." And he's just dealing with all these crazy people. That's that's one thing. Well, you probably why he didn't answer my call to that's, come on come on the podcast for he an doesn't interview. do. Yeah, we're not Joe Rogan. <laughs> we're not Joe Rogan. Who uh, can't even get his number to call him? Right. Much less for him. To turn down call. I uh, did try. I looked. Oh, I, I couldn't find any way of reaching out to inquire even about it. Unfortunately, as much as we've grown, we've not uh, grown to the status of Joe Rogan. But so another thing is, so he hasn't really made any financial advances that um, since since coming out. So. He, he is worth quite a bit of money, I will say. So if you look up his wet net worth, it's like from five to seven million. But he does own a nuclear equipment company. Here, here's the thing, and here's where I come down on this. And I agree with you, Brett. If he were coming out with this to make money from this, it would be much more in the mold of a Giorgio Tocasco. Man, like he doesn't was, have any books. He, he doesn't have any books. Or, the, 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 the documentary that they did on Netflix, he donated all that money to a um, local school for their science. Uh, I don't um, think there was hardly any money to be made. It was, it was, it was a couple, he said it was a couple thousand dollars. He just donated it to the local school. You guys do understand that originally, back in the early 90s, there were movie deals and book deals in the works. You do remember reading that, right? And you know what happened? Oh, no, I, I don't. They all went away. You know why? Because they couldn't find one physicist in the world that said the guy knew what the hell he's talking about. They couldn't find one scientific expert that said this guy... all funded by the government. Okay. Every, you're right. Every <laughs> military, every scientist in the world is funded by the government. Most of them Guess are what? probably... My only point of bringing that up was this. No, that's a there good point. There originally was that's a, a shitload of money that he was looking at. That was in 1989 when he first came out. Right. Do you realize it didn't... Never mind. Let me know when it's going to be my turn. Okay, I, got a few I, things I will to let cover. you know. Okay, so the other thing, yeah. so uh, I, so I'll try and go a little quicker. So George Knapp, he talked about how he he talked about how he came out and was like, yeah, after the Bob Lazar interview, he was like, hey, anybody who has ever worked at Area Fifty One, send us like call us in, call us in, uh, give us some information. So he said it was like it was like five or he listed like five or six different individuals that had called in. Uh, one of them 
He said every single one of them had basically called back and was like, hey, I can't, can't talk to you. I've been, like, essentially threatened by the government to stay quiet. One of them, one of them, one of them was a lady who, her daughter, she, she lived in Las Vegas at the time. Her daughter had flown from Los Angeles to Las Vegas pretty frequently to visit her. Uh, they basically came. She said that they basically came out. This is George Knapp saying this, not Bob Lazar. She they she came out and said, uh, you know, I can't give you this information anymore because you know, good dudes in suits came and was like, hey, I know your daughter's flying from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. It's a lot of desert. Hate for hate for anything to happen. That's what yeah. she told George Knapp. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say is, you know, if if he really wanted to make a lot of money on this. He would go from the Bob Lazar method, whatever it is that he's doing now, to the Dr. Stephen Greer version, to the George Dukalakis version, what? where he's on every single program, right. every single day. And he's not, yeah, he's not doing trying a ton of to do, and, and he really isn't. No. Joe Rogan tried for a long time to get him on the program, right? And, and you could tell he was not wanting to just come forth and just tell all. He right. wasn't. He wasn't making these huge, real, like. Crazy claims. He was just telling the same story that he's told. He certainly wasn't doing the Stephen Greer like we're going to go out sitting on a mountain and and bring the aliens in with our mind. Yeah. Deal. So and, and so and, and and that kind of that last part kind of talks about the government weapons. So another thing, another thing. He so George Knapp. This is George Knapp saying this, not Bob Lazar. He was saying that right after the first interview where he was still anonymous. He was he was going by the name Dennis. So apparently people were. Uh, his house was broken into. His car was broken into. Windows were left open. His car doors were just left open. As a and George Knapp was saying that this, he thought that this was the type of, you know, uh, the government basically trying to create fear. And Jerry is shaking his head like he doesn't he doesn't agree. But this is again this is not Bob Lazar saying this. This is George Knapp. You can make an argument that George Knapp may have some sort of, you know, credibility to gain from. Bob Lazar being true, which I would not disagree with. But again, this is not just one person saying this. This is a second, secondary source on top of Bob Lazar. So the last question I want to talk about is, did the government wipe his information? So there's no inf- evidence, which I'm sure Jerry's going to get into, of him attending any university. Uh, his explanation to George Knapp and Joe Rogan uh, for this was that he was working on something that was illegal on an international level. And because of this, he only took classes that he needed at MIT and Caltech because he didn't need the degree necessarily. So they wanted to keep him very hush-hush. And so he had only taken those classes that he needed, which I talked to Steve about this a little bit. I didn't, I didn't really talk to Derek. Honestly, I feel like that's how college should be run. It's like these are the classes that you want to take, that you want to learn stuff in. That, that's what you should take. I don't think it should necessarily be focused on you're getting a piece of paper, but, again, that's just my opinion. But um, there's no record of him ever working at Los Alamos other than the W-2 that Jerry mentioned. Uh, George Knapp was able to able to find a phone list from when Bob had worked there. Again, Jerry um, has an explanation for that, but they still said that there was no record after they found that phone list. Uh, George Knapp had also said that the initial video was released. I, I actually talked, I talked about this. The government was trying to scare him. Uh, and then George also put out a thing. Uh, sorry, I said that's in a Netflix documentary. The Netflix documentary that came out in 2018, 2019. They claimed that the FBI raided his house after a film crew left. 
So they claim that they were looking for receipts from an individual who might have uh, brought some, bought something toxic from his company. So again, there was this claim that they made on the documentary that uh, all these men from the FBI, Homeland Security, CIA, had come to his house, raided his house, looking for some some sort of receipt from an individual who might have bought something from his nuclear equipment company. Um, so again, why do you need that many people to look for something like that? It's kind of kind of a fishy. Obviously, they this this story could be fabricated, but again, I think that all these all of these things kind of build on itself. There's, I, in my opinion, there's a lot of credibility given to Bob Bazaar through his stories, through what he has known, um, through what has what we have discovered since 1989, um, through George Knapp. I, I think that he's a very credible source in this case because he has come. Like I think there was a, a guy named Bill. Oh shoot, I forget his name. I want to say Blo- I want to say it was Bill, and the last name started with a C. Do you guys remember Clifton? Bill Clifton, to say. Who is he? It was, he was a UFOologist. Uh, he came out, but basically, uh, George Knapp came out with an interview with this dude, uh, him and uh, Jeff Lear. And uh, the dude was a hoax. And, and George Knapp will come out and say it was a hoax. But, anyways, I, I think that the, the credibility of George Knapp, I think just listening to interviews and the evidence that, that Bob Lazar presents, I think. All, all, of, all of these stories, all of these events that have occurred, I think that it adds to Bob Lazar's story, and I, I believe him personally, but I, I know it. I, I'm, I'm very look, much looking forward to what Jerry has to say because I, I, I know that it is going to be backed by facts and evidence. And I'm, well, and I, I, I'm, I'm not going to. I was literally 15 minutes away from agreeing with him. So I tried to. Uh base what I believe and what I talk about on the show as much as possible on facts and figures. Uh, not memes. I'm not saying anyone would do that, but we all know some people that, yeah, meme, meme seems to... Anyway, Bob Lazar. Th- there's a few problems. Number one, we talked about it some. He claims to have attended Caltech and MIT, yet he cannot name one professor that he took. Not one professor at either school remembers him. And, and, and I know that you're probably going to say that, but <coughs> he was in the the bottom of his high school class. I'll get to that. Yeah. Bottom third. Not the bottom half. Right. He, bottom third. No, right. He was at the bottom. I was just saying he was at the bottom. He was the bottom third. He says that his SAT scores were average. Would you care to guess what percentage of students who graduate in the bottom third of their class who have an average SAT score get admitted to Caltech or MIT? So, I would, I would, I, I, so you're probably looking at undergrad numbers. Yes. Right. So he had already had an undergrad at this point. So and that's what, if he did, that would be my him, argument. He got his undergrad from a correspondent school in the 1980s didn't exist. They went out of business a few years later for being a diploma mill. So if that was your pre-graduate curriculum, but right. you still will not get into MIT or Caltech. By the way, the answer, what percentage of students who graduate in the bottom third with an average SAT score? Zero. No, it I, doesn't I'm, happen. Yeah, right. It does not happen. One hundred percent agree. Also, at the same time that he says he was there, he there's proven record that he was at the Pierce Junior College, the only school that there's any proof of him ever attending. One hundred percent proof. 
By the way, earlier when I said that he couldn't name any of his professors, that's not exactly true. In response to questions at the Ultimate UFO Seminar in Rachel, Nevada, in May of 1993, four years after he first went public, he was so kind as to offer up the names of two of his instructors at Caltech and MIT. He mentioned a Dr. Duxler, D-U-X-L-E-R, as well as a Dr. Hoshfield. Now, interesting, no one by either name has ever taught at either school. There was a, uh, there was a William Duxler, who taught math and physics, but not at MIT, not at Caltech. He taught at Pierce Junior College. Again, not one professor can he name, not one student can he name, not his best friend, not the guy that he hung out with and parted with. Not one student knows him from those schools. Not one professor knows him. It's pretty clear he did not go to either school. He has claimed extensively that he did. We talked about the fact of where he graduated in high school. By the way, when he was in high school, he took a grand total of one science class ever. He had one chemistry class. Really? It was his only chemistry class. That's according to Wikipedia. Um, I I will say Wikipedia is very biased in this. Well, again, it's got citations. Re- I didn't note it for that one, but I can look it up if you right, yeah, it, I, want. Right, yeah. I, I didn't look at the citations either. I, did, I When I was reading it, it was very biased to one side. Number two, he claims to have a master's degree in physics from MIT. So, again, first of all, no record of him ever being there in the first place. Right. Um, the problem with Bob Lazar is when you begin to try to find physicists who agree that what he talks about is even possible. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. One critique that I read of his says this. After reading an account by Bob Lazar, the physics of his Area 51 UFO propulsion system, my conclusion is this. Mr. Lazar presents a scenario which, if it is correct, violates a whole handful of currently accepted physical theories. Mr. Lazar on many occasions demonstrates an obvious lack of understanding of current physical theories. On no occasion does he acknowledge that his scenario violates physical laws as we understand them. And on no occasion does he offer up any hints of new theories which would make his mechanism possible. Mr. Lazar has a propensity for redefining scientific terms and using scientific language in a confusing and careless way. For these reasons, I don't feel that Lazar's persuado scientific ramblings are really worthy of any kind of serious consideration. Dr. David Morgan, a physicist, and I'll give you a link to his uh, site. So, and I, I will say, the, the stuff that he's describing, he, he recognizes that our, the way we understand technology, physics, science, it, it it's hard to explain. That's why we can't re- reverse engineer it. Almost everything that he says violates every physical principle that we go by. So he's going to take everything that I we mean, know. He's, he's basically saying that head. these people can influence gravity, which is in ways that in ways that we don't think is possible, right? Every law of physics. Here, here's another one. Tom Mayhood. He started to sign in the 1990s dedicated Area 51 UFOs and similar otherhand.org, and at the time he had several articles about Lazar. They were very positive. Uh, he wrote a follow-up in 2018, and one statement struck me. He said, and I quote, I quit following the subject 20 years or so ago when I started my graduate work in physics and realized that the basic science elements of Lazar's tales 
were something well beyond wrong. He goes on to say, first and foremost, I need to touch on the basic science of Lazar's tale. In the world of scientific research, the harshest insult that can be leveled against someone's work is that the person is not even wrong. Meaning, the researcher theory is so bad that it really can't even be discussed coherently. If I were feeling charitable, and I'm not, he says, I suppose his story may just barely reach the not even wrong level. So this is what other physicists say. You're talking about his propulsion system. The biggest one is when he starts talking about that these things didn't travel distances. They warped space and time and pulled the object to them. Every physicist in the world says the only way that would be possible would be to create an immense black hole, and it would suck not only the distance. Let me finish. Let me finish. It would suck not only the space between. That would have to go away and disappear into the black hole, along with everything in its place. Right. If they're creating a black hole, it's going to take everything. <laughs> right. That's his theory. But this is this is that physicist theory. No. His, but, Bob Lazar said that space-time was bent, and what it did right. was to take foreign objects and pull it to it. There's only one way for that to happen, is for a black hole to eat everything in between. That was love. <laughs> now, Steve. I would just venture to say. Yes. That when we let's just blank slate it. Let's take our personal feelings out because that's what I'm doing. Okay. If I'm trying to describe how I think something that I have not seen operate operate, a lot of times we would use words and verbiage that we don't necessarily understand. First of all, if you're a physicist, you do understand it. Period. Let, let me finish, please. Okay. I'll let you finish. Let me finish, please. please. When people were witnessing things that are written in the Bible, we have often said they had no comprehension of what they saw, sure. so they wrote with what words they had available to best describe it. I don't think that it's all that dissimilar here. When we're talking about Hey, why are you rolling your eyes at me? He's because a physicist. If there's anyone in the world, he says he's a physicist. If there's I anyone in the world that. that should be capable of describing it, it is that. a physicist. Unless it's, it's a technology that we have not. No, even I'm not talking about the technology. I'm talking about when he's describing how this technology worked. And exactly. He, he that's, describes that's it in certain point. ways that says everything we know about physics is not true. Right, that we don't understand. We don't understand how this is... And there's plenty of videos that the, the Navy, that the U.S. government has come out with that has said, there's a spacecraft that's doing things that we can't explain how it's doing it, but it's doing it because we got it on video. Like, it, you're, you're, you're trying to say, like, well, this dude, this caveman back in the day, he was real smart. He's trying to explain, like, a nuclear reactor, or he's trying to explain, like, this... So you're equating Bob Lazar to a caveman? I thought he was a physicist. When, when, but, uh, when you're but, uh, talking I'm, about technology that is hundreds or thousands of years in advance of us, in a lot of ways, yes. Here's my point. I searched long and hard in the last week trying to find one physicist that says what he says is possible. When we were eating dinner, I made a promise to both of you gentlemen. I said, if you can find me before the show starts... One physicist who says that any of this is possible, not right. that it happened, not that it's accurate. If you can find one physicist 
that can say this is even in the realm of possibility. I'll go on air and bow down to both of you and say you're 100% right. I don't disagree with what and you're saying. And neither one of you yeah, right, I don't came up with the same thing I did. Because which, there's, not, there's not one physicist that I could find anywhere who says that this is anything that he talks about. When he, first of all, we all agree, sounds really smart. Not according to physicists. But so, and the, here's the thing. It's like we look at these videos of UFOs that we can't explain. What, we have videos. We, we watch them before the... The, the podcast. We, we have videos of objects that are flying through space that we have no explanation of how they're flying through that. So if he space. doesn't understand, then say that. But don't come I up don't with theories. With that. Don't no, come I, up with I, theories I, that but that, says that's, everything That's his whole else. job as a scientist is to come up with theories of how this is working. I mean, that's the whole job. job as a scientist is to come up with theories that every other physicist says this is BS. Well, this if you're looking happen? at something that you can ex- cannot explain, you have to, you're, as a scientist, you're going to come up with well, I think it may be, work, be working like this. I, I just want to say that's that just, there was a point what you're gonna in happen. time where everyone in the world thought the world was flat. Yeah. And then it was changed. Once again, Even why physics is changes. It that you have no problem believing something and apparently there's no physicist in the world that believes it? I, because I, we, we've I'm seen, okay to be wrong. We, we, we've also seen... Aircraft that has been caught on tape that is that is basically a- acting against all of the laws of physics that we understand. And the physics, the physicists that I'm, I'm not saying that physicists don't know. I'm just saying that no, they Bob, don't. They don't know. They, they don't. They, they, they don't know. Yeah, right. But Bob Lazar also he he's coming in at this in the 1980s. You know, and attempted to give answers. And he attempted to give answers. And they're and, all bullshit, according to every physicist that you read. Show me one. All right, and I'm, I'm not saying, but this isn't this isn't this doesn't say that he wasn't there. No, no, no. I'm not saying he wasn't there. No, the things that you talked about, he got right. He got a bunch of things right that he couldn't have got right. See, so you're not saying there. that he wasn't at Area 51. Oh, I say he absolutely had to be. Oh. Bob Lazar knows. <laughs> We're arguing for a completely. I'm not saying he's completely right about everything, but because because he obviously said that he wasn't. He, he said that when he got onto the project, there had been many attempts to try and reverse engineer this thing, and, and he, he was, was just somebody that was outside, out of the box thinker that they brought in, thinking like, oh, maybe you know, let him well, take a crack out of it. And but, he didn't succeed. I mean, he was only. He there. obviously didn't. But he succeed. claims that he saw a lot of documentation for these things that he alleged, well, and, and, that and they a lot of it is just not true. Well, they might have given a bunch of briefings that they were like, you know what? If we we hear this out in that, we know it's him. You know. I'm not saying that that didn't occur because... That, oh, I'm sure it did. That probably did. Project Blue Book that almost dictates that it did happen, that we fed bad information to people we thought was going to be and By the way, I, I've said this from the beginning. Apparently, you didn't know what I was saying. There's a lot of problems with his story. There's still things that Bob Lazar knew that he couldn't have known if he hadn't been at Los Alamos. That That's... He worked at Los Alamos. Too many people knew him. He had to have been on Area 51. So we don't disagree. There's a W-2 statement showing that he made a grand total of 958 bucks in 1989. So, again, he says that he worked there for a couple of years. Physicists don't get paid $958 a year. So, okay, so... What what amount of time do you think he was there? Because he obviously walked in. So 958 bucks, yes. On He's video, that he on video he brought George Knapp in there. No, no, not in there. He brought him to the outside of in, Area in, 51. Through the lab. Oh, no. No, 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 no not Area 51. Yes, right. Yes. Los Alamos. Yeah, yes, that's what I'm did. talking about. Yeah, he did. He I, worked I, at Los Alamos. He 100% did. So, I, 
Maybe we don't disagree on that. I just at all, really, huge. because like, well, I think the big thing is like, did he work at Area Fifty One? Was he was he a, was he a physicist first? No. Which is what? So you don't think he was? Zero, a, but how did he get a job at Area Fifty One? Most people believe it. Even they, see, he, I feel he, like he has to be a physicist first. Well, and then then okay, did he actually work at Area Fifty One? And then apparently, nine hundred fifty eight dollars later, he got found out. Well, it did say. I so, saw uh, some of the research. I did say was saying that. He may not have worked there more than nine days. So, it's, I mean, that's where they're... A short time period. One article that I read, and I didn't think... It did a lot of assuming, so I didn't want to quote it. But it said they believed that he had misled a couple of people. And they named a couple of names of big-time scientists that he got to know at Los Alamos and later used that, they believed, to get on at Area 51 but wasn't able to pass the background checks to stay there for very long, and they think that's why he was only there for $958 when, worth of When he claims time. that, he, so they obviously had... When, so when he was at Area 51, this is what he talked about in his Joe Rogan interview. He, he said while he was at Area 51, his wife... He obviously couldn't tell his wife what he was doing, so he was obviously gone at random hours. They called him, like, hey, you have to be at this point and you have so many at, hours you have to be so you could fly to right for Janet so you could fly into to Area 51 so you, and his wife thought she, he was having an affair so she started having an affair and they had her and he got her phones right he, he had her phones they had her phones tapped he was going through a tough time with, with, with his wife having an affair so they stopped calling him and that's when he started going to he, was, the, he had the schedule he had the flight schedule so he had started bringing friends over there and then he got in trouble well, for that Let's let's. I'm glad you brought that up. Here, there's two things that you brought up there that are very important. According to Bob Lazar, he was relieved of his duties at Area 51 at S4 because of her affair. Right. Because he the the authority no, no that's not all of it. Well, it's because not all they it. felt yeah. like that made him compromised. Right. That's part of it. That's part of it. The second half of that is. That he was taking his buddies out there, which is a huge no-no. No. But listen, but. here's here's where it gets even more complicated, because most people believe that he went out there to see spaceships. That's what he told them. That's what he told. He them. got video of it. That's what he told them. But what he was actually taking them out there to see was something called Bragg's plasma. Yep. Which is something that a plasma generator was a plasma generator, which was a super top secret weapon which that the United States the government was working on. Radar. And he knew that that would be looking like spaceships blipping all over. Because the place. yeah, because it looks like a laser, like it looked like a laser pointer. Exactly. And you're just like pointing it. That's right. what it was. But that's he didn't what it tell was. That. But he didn't tell him that because he felt like he was going to get in trouble, so he made up the spaceship. Thing. So I didn't. I didn't see this in my research. So yes. where, where did so, you all see that? Well, it was several places. Did, several did he come places. up? Did he come out with that? No, so, his friends did. His that friends he took did. There. This okay. is the story he said. Other people have figured out this is what he was actually working on. This is what he saw. And that's he why he was relieved of his duty, because he took them to see them testing this weapon. I also <laughs> read it was why he wasn't charged, because he didn't tell them. That it was a plasma He told them plasma. some made-up fake story yeah. that wasn't true. They can't charge and they you with revealing. they corroborated that story that they said that it was, yes. it was spaceships. However... That doesn't change the fact that, so, like, Jerry, and Jerry, I don't want to step on you here, so you take your time. But some of the things he said was spot on. 
He worked at Los Alamos. He worked at Area 51. So we agree on 75% of it then. I mean, really. I I disagree with the spaceship and all that crap. I think you're just full of shit. That was more of a story for his buddies. See, I, and I think once he got started down that lane that Steve just talked about, he realized I can't go back from because there's even like he has the name of the dude that um, and this, I think I think this came out in the documentary that he has the name of the dude that did the initial security clearance yep. for his Area 51 job. So he knows and too many the, names the, there. The, the dude that came dude out there. right. That dude yeah. had, was he has he has a note that from was EGG. from that dude, yeah. like Mike Thigpen, Thigpen or something like that. Yeah. Um, Here's the thing, though. That that I do think he worked or at least saw some stuff something extraterrestrial, and and it all comes down to how much and it has nothing to do with Bob Lazar except the fact thirty years ago he specifically said that this thing will turn its belly up and that's the direction it goes. The only reason that that makes me one hundred percent convinced he at least saw something at S four is because I 1 million percent believe that Lieutenant Commander Farver uh, from the U.S. Navy saw what he saw. It, it's on video. And it's on video. Right. It's, so it's doing like, the, the exact put out. thing that Bob Lazar said. Did the video said. show it in good enough detail to see that it turned? Yeah, you 100% see it turn. I thought I'd saw it. You see it, it rotate. Fly and Billy. What we're you talking see about rotate, my belly sure. first, if you think about a round disc, right. you would think that due to uh, again aerodynamic air, reasons, it, it would try work. to fly with the like a plane right. comes to a sharp point, right? Right. Can you imagine a plane that would turn belly up and then right. fly belly no, first? I can't. That's basically the way that he's claiming. And right. I, to me, that's why, and, and I'm not a physicist. It's not something someone would probably guess, right? Right. That's not something you would be like, oh, but it does I, this. Guys, I get it. That's, that's, that's what that video I, shows. And it's I, like. I 100% that, agree that, That's one of the big things. There. It's like, man. And, 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 if, and we, if we agree on like, okay, he, you agree he worked at Area 51. Yes. So that's something we could all agree on. We're like 75% of the way there. Yeah. I mean, it's really not that much farther to be like. Did he, did he fudge did he his, his education records? I think Huge. absolutely. Huge. Absolutely. Well, he even, even says like, he did. He even claims, apparently, to Joe Rogan and George Knapp that he did not get a degree He's from MIT story on that. and Caltech. He now says he went to some special program that but was highly secret. He just took specific classes that he needed. Which is not what he said for years. For years, he said he got and a from, master's degree from both. And, and yeah. Now, right. here's the problem. Once, the, 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 I'm sure we've all had a friend who didn't always tell the truth, right? What happens when you figure that out? Suddenly, you begin to do what? question every damn word right. out of their oh, mouth that's a problem that. i have with bob lazar i have trouble let me go ahead with yeah, a couple yeah, more yeah. things sure sure here are some of the news organizations that have said that uh, bob lazar description as a physicist was self-proclaimed smithsonianmagazine.com i've got links to all these la times new york times uh, yahoo news high news from the uk all of these have said that his, his only claim to being a physicist is self-proclaimed. He claimed to have worked at Los Alamos as a physicist. They have looked into it. They have found out that he was hired by a company called Kirk Mayer, who was a subcontractor. They never hired any physicist ever. They so, hired technicians. Okay. So he's, he at least had some sort of technician. Degree. Yes. 
the guy, guys, no matter what. And you said you said he extremely went to junior, junior college, and even so, he only had one chemistry class in high school. This guy's extremely smart. Except, just listen to him. Forget everything. One hundred percent. We say you listen, listen to, to him. Yeah, I, very that's, smart. That's the problem. It's like you listen to this. I, I listen to this Joe Rogan interview. The whole thing. You listen to this dude. He's either he's either telling the truth or he's a very very good liar. Well, I don't. I don't I think it's a little both, which I, is usually the problem, and that's why it gets confusing. Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, I, I was going to say I think that, um, I think that once you tell a particular story long enough, it becomes your truth. Yeah, it does. But that doesn't mean that again. There's not parts of it that are true. Absolutely. I, I mean, I that's what the, we've been the saying best, the whole the, time. Is every every story has some some bit of truth. Right. Every story. And, you know, so, Jerry, did One you last have... thing. Okay, go ahead. His criminal activity doesn't help his case. <laughs> I... Again, in 1989, here is the W-2. He had a W-2 from the United States Department of Naval Intelligence, which, by the way, is a misnomer because there is no Department of Naval Intelligence and never has been. There's an office of naval intelligence, but anyway, it's proven that they often claim they were the department. Anyway, in 1989, Robert... S. Lazar earned $958.11. He had to submit this W-2 for another court case, which kind of makes sense. If a quote-unquote physicist was only making $958 a year, it makes sense why in 1990 he was involved in prostitution. Now, I'm just saying that if I were a world-renowned physicist and I could only earn $958 a year, I'd probably become a pimp too. Well, and, and, and I will say, if you're a physicist with a, just a master's degree, you're not going to be making much money. I, you have to have a PhD. That's, yeah, that's just a, that's just a fact. You True. have to if, if you're going into physics and you just have a master's degree, you're going to be a technician. That's just the way it is. Um, so if you're an engineer and you got a master's degree, you're going to be working on some great stuff. But like if you're a physicist and you have you a master's know degree, to do the good stuff, you're not. You're going to be a technician, and yeah. that's that's what he. That's what he apparently was at, at Los Alamos. I just want to ask a question. Sure. Imagine, if you will, and, and he said the first day they did the paperwork, first day on the job, blah, 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 boring, 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 blah. Second day on the job, they were walking down the hallway, and that's when the first time he saw the craft lined up. Can you imagine what it would be like your second day on a job, and no. you're walking down a hallway, and there are nine different well, there, out of this world. There were nine different buildings, right? According well, to him, right? But each one had its own. You're walking through, and Just you saw one. Can you imagine? What the hell? Not what only that, the hell? I mean, I, I can't. I can I'd probably be just like him. I'd get in trouble for trying to touch the damn thing. When he claims to seem to see a, a test flight of one. Right. And he also, you know, he, he thinks, and he doesn't swear to this, this is another thing that he's pretty open and honest about. He said in there was a room, I thought I saw a live alien. But yeah, later right. on, he changed his story and said he never th- he thought it was a dummy replicate. It was something. It was through a, a door. If you're just glancing at something, you're like, oh, oh that looks like it. And then you're, they're like, yeah. oh, hey, keep your head forward. Like, right. I mean, you're 
Can you imagine? On reflection, you're like, "Eh, maybe I just like didn't really. Can you imagine what the security would be like in there? In a a facility? Yeah. I mean, I watch videos of motorcycles and how they go up right up to the gate, and those dudes are not friendly. The camo dudes is what they're called, are not friendly. That's private security. (laughs) And like you were saying, really, I mean, whether you believe Bobazar or not, this. Him coming out kind of protected him, and that was one of the things that George Knapp was like argued against. He's like, "Hey, you come out of this, nobody's gonna be able to touch you because yeah. you, you can't. You just came out with that. If if something happens to you, that it's gonna come out. It's like, oh, well, that was true. Like, and, and that was. I was First like, of all, I think if what he said was true, they wouldn't give a shit. He would be arrested the next morning. You think? The government does not put up with people who reveal classified secrets like that. They even if, even if it's very divisive, like where, where they were able to, again, yeah, it, it, it depends on which side you're on. If they were able to wipe all your records of like you were never attended and you were, you're discredited because you never received records, a I mean, now we're starting degree. to play the what is. Right, I, I'm just saying, what? like. If, if, well, if you're you able to discredit this guy, you can wipe every professor. You can't wipe every professor. You can't wipe every student. But you can shut them up. Everyone. Like every I said, George Knapp, talk, George Knapp, who was, again, a, a very respected investigative journalist who had no reason to lie, he he, he's, he came out and said, hey, we, we asked for people who came out or who worked for Area 51. They called in and said the next day, they were they, they were threatened to there were six people to stay quiet that supposedly got right. visits from I just just throwing it out there yes for See, kicks and giggles do you know how many people worked on the Manhattan Project in no. some capacity I don't know not off the top of my head no clue and that stayed one of the biggest secrets <laughs> until we dropped the bomb right everybody agree yeah right that's understandable listen 50 60 years later not one person ever admitted there was a project. Well, that's a problem. I get it. But during the time of the two years building the bomb, the Manhattan Project, over 600,000 people worked on the Manhattan Project. Yeah, the vast majority of those had no clue what they were working on. Exactly. And it would be the exact same way in a facility like Area 51. Very compartmentalized. Right. And that's exactly what Bob Bazaar said. This is what you're working on. Right. Right here. Nothing else. You can't look over here. But it wasn't that compartmentalized. If they hired this guy on day two or three or he wasn't there long. I mean, this car park. And they brought him in to see, and he's looking at aliens and, he, and spaceship. He's probably he giving. only earned nine hundred fifty-eight dollars. <laughs> he wasn't there. Something don't add up. I don't disagree. So on that note, Brett, thumbs up, thumbs down. Needs more news coverage. Bob Lazar in Area Fifty-One. Tell you what, man. I, like I said, if you would ask me thirty minutes before I came here, I would have said thumbs down. But I'm gonna give a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Mr. Jerry. Well, like I'm sure you all already know, it's a huge thumbs up. There's enough (laughs) truth here that we need to know more. There's a shitload of lies. I don't disagree with you. But there's enough truth. I'm not saying there's a shitload of lies, but I do do agree we need more information. I would would absolutely concur whether Bob is involved or not. He had enough information to know that just based on the things that have come up after that there's something there and we need definitely thumbs up with that. I would agree. You know what? I would also agree that this isn't what? 
ignomatic. <laughs> I don't know. I'm we'll see. Saying. We'll see what they People don't realize, but we actually do the teaser, which you hear first. <laughs> we do it after. So whether or not it's enigmatic is yet to be decided. No, I'm pretty sure it is not. But uh, definitely thank you for joining us today. Uh, hang out for more right after this. Man, that episode is really interesting. And if you'll stick around for us for just a few commercials, we have another great story to tell you. Hi, this is Ed Locke with USA Mortgage. When it comes to buying a home, the process can be overwhelming and confusing. With so many options, it can be hard to know where to start. That's why it's important to work with a certified mortgage loan originator. I have the knowledge and expertise to guide you through the process and find the best mortgage option for you. I will work with you every step of the way to ensure that you are getting the best deal possible. So if you're looking to purchase or refinance, please reach out to me at 502-680-0953. So don't take on the stress of buying a home alone. Work with me and I will make your dream a reality. Trust the professionals and make your home buying experience a positive one. MLS ID 448908, DAS Acquisition Company, LLC, doing business as USA Mortgage, MLS ID 227262. This is not a commitment to lend. Additional terms and conditions apply. USA Mortgage is equal housing opportunity. If you want us to review or rate your product on air, if you have suggestions for new episodes, awesome ghost stories, or anything else, please reach out to us. Our email address is newsworthywithstephenjerry at gmail.com. Our text number is area code 540-709-1318. And now, back to the story. The Rake of Grand Canyon National Park. The Grand Canyon region is a vast landscape that, while immensely beautiful to visit, is largely inhospitable to human habitation. While there are some trails in the canyon, many parts of the landscape are completely inaccessible. Is it possible that an ancient creature lives in the caves and caverns that dot the sides of the canyon walls? Are there tunnels that wind through the earth beneath the canyon? Though no one has provided conclusive evidence of the beast, in September of 2014, filmmaker and documentarian Bill Brock and his team traveled to Peach Springs, Arizona, to a cave called Grand Canyon Caverns. Their mission? Follow up on whispers and rumors of a monster there called the Rake. It's said to live near the Grand Canyon. Although they did not find any evidence of the creature, their film is certainly worth watching. According to eyewitness reports from locals in Peach Springs, Arizona, who say they've seen the Rake, the beast is at least five feet tall with sharp claws hairless gray skin and eyes that glow in the dark, a huge mouth full of razor-sharp teeth. Some say the rake has the power to turn off electricity, and many report the creature has a thirst for violence and scurries through the dark on all four, howling at anyone it sees. And Jerry, if you can't see the light, be the light.